0: morning. Uh, man, it's been an awesome week. This is, <laughs> We just finished up our 20 days of prayer and fasting. Woo! It says in the word, <laughs> miracles, signs, and wonders will follow those who believe. And we have seen miracles this week. <laughs> Amen. I just want to go over something real quick. We had three. This is our tithing offering song. We have blue boxes at the front and the back. We can do it on the mobile, you can do it online. Myself, I do it online as I'm doing my videos. I just done, done. real quick. Uh, just real quick. I know the Schultz is family here today. And Leslie, if you're online watching. I just want to thank everyone that prayed for Leslie. Like said that God's looking for a vessel, and He found lots of vessels. And he found lots of vessels. So this is God, Lord, and this is singing with everything we got. Like there's an open window, and our praises are rising like the incense, rising to heaven.
1: any of you
2: God, we are so thankful for the opportunity this morning to come and just sit at your feet, recognize that our lives can be so busy and we can be like Martha. She busied herself with serving, and was frustrated at her sister Mary because she just wanted to sit at your feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus, what you said. Mary has chosen the better thing. One thing, Lord, I pray that you would open up our understanding right now. You would turn the switch on in our spirit that we would understand that the key to this Christian life is as simple as that, sitting at the feet of Jesus. Lord, yes, sometimes you've got to kick the tables over in this temple of ours in order to make room for you. To to clean out the clutter of our soul so that your spirit has has room to move in our being. Father, let us take up the practice of sitting at your feet and never forget it, never miss that. Never crowd it out with religion, repetition, rules, and rituals. Never crowd out your presence with going through the motions. And bring in our laundry list of what we want you to do. Father, I pray that we would live out of that intimate relationship with you. That fellowship with you is worth all what billion times more than anything you could give us in this world. Is this just receiving you? Fellowshipping with you. May we never form idols out of the good things that you give us. Father, that we would just want nothing more than you, not your stuff, not your blessings, just you, you're enough, you're enough, God. We thank you for that truth. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. So good to see you this morning. God has been doing amazing things here. And uh, there, there's a passage of Scripture that has always just gotten to me a little bit. Um, and, and you know it. You know the passage. And you, you may have wondered like I've wondered, has, that, has anyone ever done that? When Jesus said, you can speak to this mountain and tell it to go, and it has to obey you. My little head, I'm thinking, I'd like to see that. <laughs> I want to see that happen. I was in the mountains. We were skiing in Colorado here a few weeks ago. And and I, I, and I thought about that passage of scripture. I'm like, I'd like to see it, but not while I'm on it. You know what I mean? Let's <laughs> just let this pass for a little bit. And then. But I want to point out to you uh, exactly what that means and it might be bigger than what you thought it meant. So if you'll turn with me to Daniel chapter two, we're going to wrap up this series. And if you uh, missed the, the first message of the series, Is This Babylon? Uh, it, it would help you to get online and, and check that out. But just know that in this world that we live in, there are spiritual entities at play. Seductive spirits want to draw you away from intimacy with Christ. Just know that. And uh, those spirits are in operation even now. And then, and, and, Are really good at what they do Uh, and in the age that we live in it's almost like there's been an amplification of their their activity Uh, but uh, just it's not a a, it's not to to make you afraid It's not to uh, stir up fear I'm not that kind of a a guy and that I want to I want to get you uh, thinking about all of the, the 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 problems that's not what I'm doing I want you to know exactly who you are and, uh, and, and, and what is what is your role in this world? We, we had a subtitle of this message, this is Babylon, and that is how to excel in this age. And when you look at Daniel, you see one actually living in the city of Babylon and just excelled. God promoted, 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 prospered. And uh, just know that that's what he wants out of you. He wants to, he wants to put you in greater areas of influence. Uh, 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 he wants you to be a success. God does not desire that you be a failure. You know that? He wants you to be a success because you are, you are to be expanding the kingdom of God. So let, I, I'm about to start preaching before I start preaching. Let's get in chapter 2 of the book of Daniel. If you were here for the first uh, sermon, this is four weeks ago, this will be just a, 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 just kind of a rehash of it. But Daniel has been carried off into captivity in the city of Babylon and, and and the kingdom of Babylon and the king of Babylon's name is Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream and he recognizes it wasn't just bad hummus. I mean, he had, he had, this is a, this is a significant dream he has. And uh, he calls in uh, all of his magicians and soothsayers and wise men and says, all right, I want you to tell me my dream and then tell me what my dream means. They're like, you tell us your dream and then we'll tell you what it means. And he said, no, I ain't playing like that. I want you to tell me what I dream. Well, nobody can do that. Nobody can do that unless God, unless God reveals it to him. So Daniel recognized him. And when he was finally told, uh, we're all about to be killed because we can't come up with the king's dream. Daniel comes along and says, um, uh, let me seek the Lord for an evening and I'll come back with you. And so that next morning he'd come to King Nebuchadnezzar and he says, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, I, I know the dream that you had. He said, you had a dream of a giant statue with a, a head of gold and a chest and arms of silver and a, a, a torso of brass and legs of iron and feet of iron and clay. And O King Nebi said, You is right. <laughs> I can't believe you, you actually know that. He said, Yes, the Lord is the revealer of dreams, and I know exactly what the interpretation of this dream is, too. And so he says, King, here's what you dreamed, and I want you to see it in Daniel chapter 2, verse 34. You, you saw this statue. But then also you watched while a stone was cut out without hands, which struck the image on its feet of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then the iron and the clay, the bronze, the silver, the gold were crushed together, became like chaff from the summer threshing floors. The wind carried them away so that no trace of them was found. And the stone that struck the image, catch this, became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Well, this is some weird drink. is a crazy drink. And Daniel says, and here's the interpretation. The head of gold is you, King Nebuchadnezzar. As king of Babylon, you are the head of the first one world government. After your kingdom will come a lesser kingdom, the silver. And, uh, and we know it to be the Medes and the Persians. After the Medes and the Persians is the bronze torso. We know this to be Greece. Then we have Rome with the legs of bronze. And then the Roman Empire would be split into four, uh, 10 different heels uh, 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 of government with the 10 toes of iron and clay. So he said, that, that's the interpretation of your, of your dream yours is the first kingdom but there'll be other kingdoms after you and then he says in verse 43 you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay they will mingle with the seeds of men i've been studying this i've been preaching it for a month now this morning that verse stepped out and made sense to me If, if if you just read that uh they you see these toes iron and clay mixture and then it uses a phrase that is actually used in the book of Genesis when it talked about the sons of God intermarried with the daughters of men this means this is a demonically influenced group of people it's a weird deal but this is what is being spoken of about the Roman Empire and it says, and they saw iron mixed with ceramic clay. They will mingle with the seed of men. So you have the demonic influence in humanity. And yet there's, there's friction between the two. These, these, these humans aren't in full cooperation with the demonic influence. And so we have the destruction of this kingdom. But here's what brings the destruction of this kingdom. Verse 44, and in, those, in the days of the kings of God of heaven, uh, in the days of these kings the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. Amen. I don't know if y'all following me what's going on. He says, here's what you dreamed. Here's a statue now out of a mountainside comes a rock and that rock hits that statue in the feet and that statue crumbles turns to dust blows away. Here's what the interpretation is. That rock is Jesus. That rock is Jesus and Jesus is going to be the kingdom that lives forever. Verse 44. And in the days of the kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Kingdom of heaven. Jesus comes on the scene in the book of Matthew. If you open up the book of Matthew, as you start to study, and you'll notice he has one theme. Uh, It's his main theme during his entire time of ministry, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. In fact, John the Baptist says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then when Jesus starts his ministry, he has the same message as John. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. I want you to see in verse 45, inasmuch as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, that it broke in pieces the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, the gold. The great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The dream is certain. Its interpretation is true. What happened? King Nebuchadnezzar got a little picture into the prophetic. He had a prophetic dream. He had a picture into heaven and there's no time in heaven. So he, he, sees, he sees what will be and he knows there's spiritual significance to it. So he calls on people to interpret it and to tell him. And of course, Daniel, man of God, was able to come and tell him his dream and interpret it. Now, I said earlier, this business about moving mountains, I believe... The Bible is 100% literal, except for those that aren't. <laughs> those parts that are symbolic and they are quite significant. When you have a prophetic dream, you're going to see pieces and parts in that dream that represent something way bigger, way bigger. And he's having a dream, and then in this dream, there's a mountainside, and out of this mountain, it wasn't man that cut it out, but somebody cut out a stone and it comes flying and hits the statue and its feet statue crumbles turns into dust that's what it tells us in the interpretation this is the kingdom of god that is coming to destroy and conquer over the kingdoms of men but you'll also notice in the previous verses he says in this rock Will become. Let's read it again. This rock will become. Then the stone that struck the image became a great mountain. This is verse thirty-five. Great mountain and filled the whole earth. When you see mountains mentioned in the scripture, we're talking kingdoms. When you see in some of this imagery of uh, the the uh, apocalyptic imagery, like in Daniel and Ezekiel and Revelation, and you'll see mentions of mountains, just no kingdoms kingdoms. And here God says, there's all the kingdoms of man, but there's coming a King who is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he is going to come and decimate all of these man-made governments and rule over all of the governments of this world. We were already told that that was going to be the case all the way back in Isaiah when they were prophesying about King Jesus coming. And we see this in the passage of Scripture. And and, and then Jesus comes onto the scene, and this is the message. The kingdom of heaven's here. The kingdom of heaven is here. Get ready for the kingdom of heaven is here. Amen. And guess what? If you have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a kid of the kingdom. You're a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. I want you to turn with me to the book of Mark. Mark. And in Mark, we have a situation. Here's that passage which I mentioned. Jesus says, you tell that mountain and it'll do it. Here we go. Mark chapter 11 in verse 20. By the way, kind of setting it up. Jesus walks by a fig tree, wants a fig. I like me some fig preserves. But anyway, that's another note. we just finished our 21 day fasting i like anything right now (laughs) i like anything Uh, figs were it it wasn't even seasoned to to harvest figs and jesus is is looking at that tree and mad because there ain't no figs on it and curses the tree like what kind of weird little side story is this in the scriptures well just notice it's significant most scholars believe that the fig tree represents israel and when we're looking at that and jesus looks at that fig tree and is not producing fruit and he pronounces a curse on that fig tree they come walking back by that afternoon look and lo and behold the fig tree has withered up and died and they said lord the the fig tree look in mark chapter 11 verse 20 now in the morning as they passed by they saw that i said the evening in the morning they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots that's quick And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. And in my little pea brain, I'm thinking, has anyone ever done that? Has anyone ever just stood at that mountain? You move into that sea. Hasn't it? I'm thinking, I think we, it would probably make the news. It would probably make the news. But now that you're beginning to understand when we're talking about mountains, we're talking about kingdoms. And can I just tell you, yes, it has been done. Numerous, numerous human governments have been uprooted and thrown to the side, and the kingdom of God has come in, and that is a higher government. Amen. It's a higher authority, and Jesus is saying, and He's speaking about a fig tree. was that we're talking about fig trees, right? We're talking about fig trees, and all of a sudden He flip flops it over onto kingdoms or mountains. Because we're talking about the kingdom of Israel. The kingdom of Israel would reject their own savior. He came to his own and his own received him not. John chapter 1. And because they rejected Jesus, their kingdom would fall. It was accursed because they rejected their own Messiah. However, God has made an eternal covenant with Israel and has resurrected a dead nation. Amen? You are living in amazing times in which Bible prophecy is coming alive every day. And God has resurrected that nation. And more and more Jewish people are coming to know Christ as Lord and Savior. And it's just an awesome time to be living. And Jesus, I believe, is talking about kingdoms, You tell that kingdom, it's time for you to go, and out you go. And he says, it will have to obey you. It will have to obey you. Why? Because you're of a greater kingdom. You're of a higher authority. There are laws in this world. Law of gravity is a very real law. It's real. There's, uh, if I step off of this platform, law of gravity will take over. Right? Y'all want me to try it on you? (laughs) law of gravity do you know there's a higher law it's called the law of aerodynamics I don't happen to have wings but if I did one of these days I will have a pilot's license and that's gonna be so awesome and I get to defy the law of gravity and, uh, and I'm gonna be flying and I'm gonna be praising the Lord and I have a, a black pastor friend uh, brother Jerry Dennis I love him dearly and I asked him to go with me on a mission trip and he said uh, no brother Heck, he said you know that passage of scripture Lo, I will be with you always <laughs> and then uh, I on staying stay uh, I low Uh, anyway love brother Jerry I should get back to my message Jesus said you tell that tree that uh, mountain to go and it has to verse 23 for surely I say to you whoever says this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that those things he says will be done he will have whatever he says therefore I say to you whatever things you ask when you pray believe that you receive them and you'll have them Now, I know that us humans can mess this up and then we can be so mm, self-centered in our prayer life and say, but God, you said, but God, you said, and James, it says, why aren't your prayers being answered? Because you ask amiss sometimes, but I'm going to promise you one thing. Can I make this absolute 100% promise? When your prayer lines up with God's will, it's as good as done done it is done when it, it, God's will is that his kingdom expands on this earth Amen. and when your prayer lines up with his will it is good as done 100 percent certainty and so this is why he could say don't you doubt because you know it's true your kingdom is higher than those kingdoms and you go to speak into those kingdoms and it's gone it's gone what we're seeing in the lives that we're living in, the community that we're living in, is God's kingdom is continuing to expand. Why? Because the citizens of the kingdom are out doing kingdom work. Yes. Uh, we'll get into more on that in just a second, but I want to point out with you in the book of Matthew, another passage of scripture that has been brought up a few times during our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Jesus and his disciples are on the mount that we would call now Mount of Transfiguration, three of his disciples, Peter, James, and John. So the four of them were on the mountain, when the kingdom of heaven invaded earth. The other nine apostles are down in the valley, and someone brings the, uh, 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 their son to the apostles, and they said, This guy, my son's demon possessed. This demon's trying to kill him, throws him in the water, throws him in the fire. And the disciples there are trying, like everything, to cast this demon out. Jesus and and Peter James and John are on the mountaintop when heaven comes down when there's Moses and Elijah and God speaks audibly and they hear the Lord and everything is in the Shekinah glory of God and they come down from that mountain down to this issue and they're in a tizzy we we can't we've done it before We've done it before, and we're about to look at where they've done it before. We've done it before, but this one won't leave. This demonic presence will not leave. And Jesus said, well, let's just look at it. Mark, Matthew chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17, verse 16. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him, verse 17. Then Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation. Do you hear his frustration here, by the way? We're we're about to see it. Different, all right. Faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. Said easy. He said, Get on out of here. And it left, all right? And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately because they didn't want to be humiliated publicly. And they came to him privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? And Jesus said to them, Because of your unbelief. For assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting, power of fasting. Notice, two different situations, two different locations, and Jesus is saying the same thing. But is it the same thing? He says in the first scenario, as they're in Jerusalem, and he curses that fig tree, and they're there on that mountain in Jerusalem. He says, you tell this mountain to uproot and cast it into the sea, and it's got to do it. We have a human government that is anti-Christ. Anti-Christ. They would reject their own Messiah. And he says, you speak to that government and say, Out. And it's got to go are y'all catching y'all picking up when i'm laying down and now we're on a different mountain we're on a mountain in which heaven has just come down and jesus says to this mountain did you read it it was different than the previous passage you say to this mountain move from here to there and it's going to do it i want this mountain the kingdom of heaven authority the kingdom of heaven government to expand and grow and move out do you see it now you see this mountain moving business? What did Jesus teach when his disciples said, Lord, teach us how to pray? In the book of Matthew, he says, when you pray, get alone in an intimate area with your father. In the closet, even. They didn't have closets in Jesus' day, by the way. They had a cubby hole. I've been in some of those buildings. And he said, I want you to just get alone with the Lord in an intimate place. And you start praying just like this. My father... Who lives in the heavenly realm by the way we think heavens we're thinking way out yonderville <laughs> no there's a heavenly realm right in this room right now going on right here and it's not limited by time or space our father who lives in the heavens may your name always in my life and my family and our city and our church and our county always be deemed as holy holy is your name our Father who art in heaven, our Father. It's an intimate, personal relationship. I, I, I can hang out on that for a season. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then he begins to teach them how to pray. And then he tells them this. Pray, your kingdom come. Y'all see it? Your kingdom come. Your will be done. What is his will? That his kingdom come. That is kingdom. That's the will of God. What's the will of God for my life? That you be a kingdom catalyst. That you bring the kingdom into your little world, into your family, into your school, into your college campus, into your job place. For as a citizen of the kingdom, wherever you go, the kingdom of heaven just invaded. We are called to be kingdom catalysts. We must break the stupid mentality, the demonic mentality that church is a place you come. One guy does a whole lot of talking and you do a whole lot of listening. Church is not a location, it's a people group. It's a kingdom. It's a kingdom. And as citizens of the kingdom, we are a united group of citizens of the kingdom to be going out with kingdom influence. Amen. Woo, That's good stuff right there. Jesus said, tell this mountain out, tell this mountain in, and it is done. Tell this kingdom, you got to go. Tell this kingdom, we're going to continue to expand in this region, and we're going to see Athens, Texas become a kingdom of God city. Amen. we'll see henderson county become a kingdom of god city i want you to see another passage of scripture in the book of luke how does that look for me and how does that look for you well sometimes we have preconceived notions and they're usually based on our own history and and maybe you grew up in a church like i did where you had uh, uh, like thursday night visitation night ain't nothing wrong with that don't do it anymore. I don't know if a single the church that has visitation night anymore. It's, we're in a different kind of world now, and, and it's hard for, for people to receive a cold call, if y'all don't know what that means, and you ain't nearly as religious as I was. <laughs> we used to do this. But here's how Jesus puts it. In the book of Luke, when he begins his ministry, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me. To preach the gospel to the poor starts there. Amen. And we're talking about poor. It's not just uh, the homeless and the the beggar and the down and out. We're talking about those who are spiritually bankrupt. Those who are of a humble heart that are ready to hear the gospel. That makes sense. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who are humility, their humility has brought them to a condition in which I'm ready to hear from God now. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. I think that true evangelism, true kingdom expansion, true soul winning should not start with a whole bunch of talking on our behalf, but a whole bunch of listening on our behalf. Because Jesus tells us that people will tell you what's going on on the inside. He said, out of the mouth comes the expression of the heart and that people will let you know what's going on on the inside. And as we begin to listen, we begin to see this person has a broken heart. This person has a void that needs to be filled. They've got a hurt that needs to be healed. They've got areas, and he says, I here, here's what God called me to do, Jesus says. By the way, he has commissioned us in this mission. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Liberty to the captives. It's a deliverance type ministry where where the enemy, Satan himself, under this seductive spiritual atmosphere has gotten people captive because here's what sin does. First, it entices. Come here. Come here. It's a slow, gradual seduction. First, it entices. And then then it entangles. Then it entraps. A friend of mine who loved him dearly, and he struggles with the drug life, and he was he was clean for a season. Was attending church here, and then all of a sudden he went missing, and I knew what that meant. And he showed up one day on his Harley and met me as a weekday and met me out front, and and he looked like poop. <laughs> one of my former drill sergeants would say, "He, you look like poop," and says <laughs> that's what he, <laughs> he he looked horrible. I said, "Man, what's going on?" He said, "I was only going to do a little." I said, "It never works out that way, does it?" He was broken. But that's the truth. That's what sin does. It says, "Come on, just just a little. Just a little." And the next thing, after it entices you, it entangles you, and then it entraps you, and now you can't get out of it anymore without someone coming to rescue you. Without someone coming. And and Jesus Christ works through us, and he has commissioned us to go set the captives free. Amen? Amen. That's what evangelism looks like. People getting set free to proclaim liberty to the captives recovery of sight to the blind physical healing spiritual healing emotional healing to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord here's what the gospel means good news good news the why are so many evangelists their face looks like this ain't good news <laughs> by the way people You were called to do the work of an evangelist So we got to break that mentality that church is a spectator sport of a place you show up and you listen to me That's not it. It's where we all go out and every member is a minister and we're expanding the kingdom of God I think it's time for me to land this plane. (laughs) I Want to point out how Jesus did this with his disciples in Luke chapter 10? He sends out the 70 This just might be noteworthy for some. These are not the 12 apostles, for it says in chapter 10, verse 1, and after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also. So he sends out 70 disciples who were not the 12 apostles, and and they go out, and he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into the villages the highways and the byways, and he said, I want you to just go into those cities, and he said, I want you to walk in and bless them. I want you to bless them. This is how we're gonna expand the kingdom. Here be with me? I want you to go in and bless them. Bless them first. Bless them first. If they don't receive your blessing, then walk out and say, yep. I don't even want yet, I don't even want y'all's dust on me. I don't even want get that off me because that stuff right there is about to be judged. Why? Because you've rejected the Savior. And so he he pronounces that. He says, I want you to go out and I want you to bless them first. If they refuse your blessing, then just go ahead and get out there because it's going to get bad up in there. Chapter 10, verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy. Everybody say joy. Amen. (laughs) Some of y'all did too. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. That's right. You're of a higher kingdom you get it you're of a higher authority yes all the kingdoms of this world are subject to you child of God absolutely do do you get it the 70 return with joy saying Lord even the demons are subject to us in your name I've told this story I'll tell it again. I'm walking through Walmart. I just left my prayer closet in a time with the Lord. And I'm walking through Walmart and I walk by somebody that looked like they were afraid of me as if I were a monster. I mean, like they had fear all over their face and they were looking at me as I walked by like that. I'm thinking, maybe I need to go to the bathroom. Because I got... Yeah, I, I don't know and then I'm like huh, that's curious and then I'll keep walking and another one's like I'm like what is going on here? And when with the third person in a row in a matter of two minutes, I'm like I know what's going that's on here right. I'm of a higher kingdom yeah. Yeah. And what's operating them is absolutely afraid of what's operating me. I want you to know that That's the truth it, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And he said to them, I, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. This is Jesus talking. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, the demonic. Why? Because you're of a higher kingdom, you're of greater authority. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing can hurt you nevertheless do not rejoice in this this is not a this is not a, a fun thing to go play with i've known people to do this this is not something to jack around with and play with Ooh, look what i got look what i got he said it is for the expansion of kingdom but don't even get so excited about that that you fail to see all you're doing is using my name and there's power in my name and you can even use his name and cast out demons and not be saved jesus said it ain't nothing to do with you it's all about him he said many will come to me and say Lord Lord did we not cast out demons in your name and Jesus said I don't even know you on it so you can use his name but not know his nature don't let don't that let's don't get that mixed up don't just use his name without knowing his nature but he said do not rejoice in this verse 20 that the spirits are subject to you but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven you're a citizen of the kingdom the kingdom of heaven you get excited about that. It, your Bible probably has a little subtitle right there. Right there. And it will cause you to miss that next phrase. But I don't want you to miss it. The next phrase is in verse 21. In that hour, Jesus rejoiced in the spirit. We have two passages that say Jesus was amazed at someone's faith. We have one passage where he was amazed at his on disciples' unbelief, but this is the only time in Scripture where it says, Jesus rejoiced in the Spirit. What, what, what's going on, Jesus? He said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son. And no one knows the Son except the Father. And those who no one knows the Father except who the Son reveals to them. But he says, I, I want, I'm excited, Lord. He rejoiced in his heart. What made Jesus rejoice in his spirit? He said, They're getting it. They're getting it. They're getting it, Lord. This is how the kingdom's going to expand. This is how the kingdom's going to increase. This is how the kingdom's going to grow. Because this youth group, these were the 70 that he sent out. That was a bunch of kids. His apostles were kids. Well, none of them married but one, and his, his name was Peter, he was the leader. He might have been 18. Everybody else was probably under 18. And he said, Lord... There's been kings and prophets, another passage of scripture, that they all wanted to check out what we're doing here, and you let this youth group do it. You let this youth group get in on your kingdom expansion. They're scattering demons. They're healing people. They're expanding the kingdom of God. Because it ain't got nothing to do with your knowledge. It's got nothing to do with your maturity. It's got everything to do with the kingdom of God. Your authority. Do you get it? Yes. See, church isn't just a place to come. It's a people that go. Yes. That's what we've been called to do. Father God, I pray that you would help us to have kingdom eyes we would recognize of the authority that we're of, the kingdom that we're of, what you created us for, what you've called us to. We get it. We go do it. As we are commissioned with you in it. And we've received the promise from you that as we go, you go with us. Doing this work through us. That's worth it all right there, Lord. That's worth it all. Thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody stand with me. I was about to, I was about to miss the cherry on top. Colossians chapter 1, verse... 13 I can't see it on this one hang you throw it up, got it up there he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love amen what's that next verse say in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. He removed us out of the governments of darkness, which Satan is our father. He has transferred us and transformed us. Transferred us from that darkness into this kingdom of light and love and transformed us into a child of God. Amen. Altar team, come to the front. We're gonna worship the Lord. Maybe the Lord's laid something on your heart. Maybe you need prayer over anything in your life. You come and let our people pray over you and see God work. We've been seeing God work this week, amen. Maybe you need to come and make a commitment to the Lord. Whatever it is the Lord's laid on your heart, you do it as we sing. just getting in your presence instead of just coming and saying we want your stuff we just want you Lord and in that intimate moment in which we live in that presence Lord that's how everything else flows out God we thank you that it flows from the intimacy with you Lord help us learn that intimacy in Jesus great name we pray Amen the invitation at every service, get this, you need to know this, it always continues. There is no end to the invitation. Just when when we when we wrap it up here in a little bit, the announcement, all that, there's that never a wrapping up. Uh, here, here's what's gonna happen one day. Revival's gonna fall on this congregation, and one service will bleed right over into the next one. Just know that. That's coming. We don't, we don't have to worry about, oh, well, we closed out that service. Move them out. God's moving. It, don't, it ain't going to work that way. This building ain't going to hold it, though. Because that's, that's the way. It, it just even now, know that. That's the invitation. is still open. If you're here today and you've never received Christ, your Lord and Savior, do not leave this property without getting that right don't leave so we we take communion at sand springs every sunday and we remind ourselves jesus said do this in remembrance of me we remind ourselves that jesus coming to this earth was not just for our salvation that's the biggest part it's the greatest miracle of all that he took someone who was dead and brought us back to life but i want you to also know that he came to resurrect your physical being too we've seen that this week so if, if you know you know by the way But, uh, right, let me just tell y'all, if you don't know, (laughs) we had this week, uh, where's the Hall family? I see y'all back there. Y'all are in the exact same spot where Miss Leslie comes and prays during our 21 days of prayer and fasting. She comes in there six minutes from the time she walked in the door and fell over dead right there. Chest compressions for about 20 minutes. We ain't talking... When I got the, the text message, because I go away the last week of fasting just to get a word from God. When I got the text message, I thought, well, I know she's doing liquid fasting. maybe she just got lightheaded and passed out. When I heard chest compression, I'm like, oh, this ain't, this, this ain't good, and I'm praying. By the way, she'll be home next week. <laughs> I'll tell you, God, is, God it ain't nothing but God. Doctors can't even find there where anything happens and it's amazing that's the stuff god does that's the and, and, and and him he by his stripes we are healed we're a church that knows that he's still in the healing business this this is not just that well you just need to get saved and one of these days you'll get to heaven and man it's going to be good there i want to tell you it's good right here because the power of jesus christ working in the lives of his believers and so we, we know the healing power of God. We've seen cancer just be gone. That brother right there is one of them. <laughs> I mean, we've seen it, quite a few at this church. We know that God's in the healing business, and he'll do it for you too. Amen. All right, let me bring it down. <laughs> uh, All right, so Jesus came to this world to bring heaven to earth heaven don't have sickness heaven don't have disease heaven don't have heart failure cancer by his stripes we're healed by his wounds Isaiah 53 and I repeat again over the New Testament by his wounds we are made whole completely whole Lord Jesus thank you thank you thank you thank you you are so good Lord we thank you for Leslie's healing We give you glory. You still raise the dead. We give you glory. It would be an absolute sin not to make it public and declare your glory. Not to share this good news. We got a powerful God. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. And Lord Jesus, I thank you that when my life is done and my appointment has drawn nigh, for it is appointed once for every man to die. When I reach that appointment, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt where I'm gonna be because you have saved me. You have saved me. I ain't just sort of saved. Lord, you have saved every facet of my life. And I thank you. One of these days I'll be with you in glory. We ain't rushing things, God, now, just to make that clear. But when I get there, it's gonna be a sweet time. It's all because of you, Jesus of you. Thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm so glad you came and joined us today. Next week, I'm not going to be preaching. Next week, I get to listen to some good preaching. My, my good friend from South Africa, Hansi Stane, is going to be here Sunday for all three services. You be here Sunday. It's going to be a blessing to you. Ask how the Lord would have you to bless him. Alright? And so, Michelle has got a few other instances. Wednesday, I
1: know y'all been looking forward to this. We're going to eat. Come many of you for some food?
2: So um, we will be eating on Wednesday, and we call that our Faith Family Feast. And we'll meet right here at 6 o'clock. And if you want to help set up tables for that, you can be here at 10 a.m. They'll feed you lunch. They'll love on you and all kinds of stuff. Um, if you have never gotten to meet us and you'd like to know a little bit more about us or you'd like to know how to get involved with our church, meet me right over here in the Welcome Room. Also, if you're joining us
1: online, we just want to let you know that there's some uh, contact information on the bottom of your screen, and we'd love to get to know